Hi, welcome back to Spice Bags, the podcast about Irish food culture from an international perspective. Um, I'm Julia. I'm a historian and sometime food writer. And I'm here with Blanca and May. Hi, I'm Blanca, a cooking teacher and food researcher. I'm May, food writer and journalist. And today we're talking about something that's super interesting to me. I have a lot of questions about it that I'd love love to have answered, um, which is why is Indian food in Ireland so good, even though there are not that many South Asian immigrants? Um, it doesn't have this long history of colonial relations the way that our neighbor, the UK, does. Um, and yet there's there are so I was surprised when I moved to Ireland two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, at just how many incredibly high quality, interesting um, Indian restaurants there are. What's what's going on? Um, I think one of the things is the part of it. I think is who who are the South A- in, it's South Asians who are coming to Ireland. Um, and there's a lot of people from IT. There's a lot of people. You know, um, there's doctors. So you actually have maybe I don't want to. S- speak to generally, but you have quite an affluent South Asian population in Dublin, and they're looking for food. Um, and Is this a Dublin thing particularly, or is this an Ireland thing? It's a Dublin thing. It's a Dublin thing. It's a Dublin okay. thing. There's about, I think I was looking Sorry, at... Sorry, all of our Galway Sorry. listeners. <laughs> um, last, to be fair, last week we talked a lot about how awesome West Cork was, so... Um, so, I talked to um, this guy, Ashish Dewan, who... Arguably, he started the Jaipur Restaurant Group in 1989 um, and arguably would have been sort of one of the first fancy, authentic Indian um, restaurants really sort of setting the standard. Uh, and he was, Ashish was coming over from the Oberoi Group. I think that there's... A, What's the Oberoi Group? The Oberoi, uh, the, it's Indian hotel, Indian, like high-end Indian hotels and restaurants. In what the UK or in no in India? In India. Oh, in India. Okay. Yeah, and I think they have. Um, there's a Singapore one. There's one in mainland. There's one in China. Um, I might be wrong, uh, but anyway. So Ashish is coming over from the Oberoi group. A lot of the Indian restaurant, the high end Indian restaurant tours are also Oberoi. Um, he said when he came in 1989, there wasn't a lot of options for eating. Ashish, like a number of expats in Ireland. Uh, stayed in Ireland because he married an Irish woman mm. of Indian extract. They extraction. Us. Right. They seduce us. They keep us here. So that was why Ashish started Jaipur, which took a while, which was on Georgia Street. And Jaipur was high-end Indian? It was high-end Indian. It was also, what Ashish was trying to do, too, was he was trying to accurately reflect a lot of regions of India, right? So it wasn't one region. So, um, but, but... It was definitely food that people were not used to. Right? Yeah, that, when they that's were the thing that really interests me is that, so for example, uh, I love this place called Ruchi in Black Rock, which is above a pub. Also started by someone from Oberoi. Oh, is that true? Yes. Okay, well, so we're sort of figuring this mystery out. Episode over. <laughs> Everyone's been sent over from Oberoi. Everyone's been sent over from Ananda and Jaipur. Jaipur, yeah. yeah. It's and like it's, the big family. It is a family. Yeah. But Ruchi is very... It's ch- it's not challenging, but um, in that everything they make is delicious. But there are a lot of things that you do not find on your typical Indian takeout menu. Yes, you can get your Rogue and Josh or whatever, but they also have 
um, a wide range of kind of interesting vegetarian specialties. They just they just have things I've never seen before anywhere. And that's true of Ananda, which is like mm. Ruchi, um, more, pickle. more expensive. Pickle, yeah, yeah. These places that are serving you things that are new if all you've ever had is high street curry. I was going to say, um, and within that, right, um, Blanc very correctly said, right, that that's all coming from the Jaipur Ananda group, a lot of these chefs. A lot of them, yeah. Um, pickle, Ruchi, Indie Spice. Oh, so you basically, you could have a flow chart where you start with Jaipur in the 80s and then all these chefs come out of there? Is that what's going on? Pretty much. Kind of. Yeah. He, I think that his entrepreneurial spirit created that high-end restaurant Indian movement in Ireland, which is very surprising to me coming from, I don't know, mainland Europe to see how many elegant and fine dining Indian establishments you have in Dublin. And it's evolved, too, because originally Ashish had conceived of, you know, sort of trying to, you know, authentic reflections of different regions in India. And some, like Ananda, which he has, has now become more chef-driven, right? Um, this young guy called Karan Mittal, who actually staged in places like Chez Panisse. So and staged is when you go train somewhere and work for free, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but Karan's, like, staged in Chez Panisse is this, you know, really up-and-coming, ambitious, 27-year-old Oh, he's a 27-year-old at he's the Hell of Yeah, and, um, and, but it's very much his vision. So it's a chef-driven vision rather than authentic reflection of region vision, which I think Ruchi is more still kind of trying to be authentic reflections of region and less... It's less chef. It's less almost a celebrity chef, right? Pickle would be some, like you think of pickle, you think of Sunil, you think of Ananda, you think of Karan. But Ruchi, I think, is less. I might be wrong, but I, I don't really think of who's the chef and what his vision is. Mm. And I think Indie Spice, which is also really cool. Um, there's one in Nace, one in Sandyford. Again, that's more the old Jaipur model, which was, which again is is really sort of scholarly stuff on this is you know this is the dish this is where it comes from well i think there's an effort to educate um i mean uh, sorry i don't mean this in a condescending way but to educate the consumer even right people who've had a long time experience of indian food might not think about its different regions or whatever so there's like a really deliberate effort there and whereas and but Sunil and Karan have made it more personal. So the idea, the concept behind pickle for Sunil was all the pickles that his grandmother used to make. And so that that was his inspiration and that. Pickle people absolutely are obsessed with. Pickle is a fantastic restaurant and I have to say the wines are also very amazing and they've been very good at finding very very reasonably priced high-end wines to match with the Indian food which I found that Something that I would struggle to find maybe in Madrid. But still, it's, I think it's really shocking to tourists. You know, before we moved to Dublin, my husband came over for a job interview and was uh, taken by some friends to an Indian restaurant. And I remember him going kind of, or maybe I, I don't remember who thought this. We've been married too long. <laughs> but uh, I just remember it kind of someone saying, oh, an Indian, like, that's strange. You know, we get that in London. Why would, you know, it's strange that you'd find that in Dublin. Um but it, but he said that he I remember he came back raving saying he had the one of the best Indian meals of his of his life. Um, but I think I do think that's something that really surprises tourists or really surprises people who arrive here. One very interesting thing, and I wanted to ask May what she thought about this, is that 
all these restaurants, there's another restaurant that we haven't talked about, Rasan in Sandy Cove. They're strategically located in very affluent areas of Dublin, like yeah, Dockey, right. Sandy Cove, you know, do, like then you go to Dundrum. These people are really investing in the most uh, desirable locations. Yeah, they're really high end. But the, the Indian population of Ireland has, I think, in the top 12 nationalities of Ireland, the Indians are the best educated. So this is, so I think 78% of Indians in Ireland have a third degree education. So these people are knowledgeable about food. They probably have a higher income. There's a lot of people in the IT profession. So they're probably looking for fancier restaurants. They're not looking for a standard takeaway. It is very interesting because, you know, you look at other top 12 uh, nationalities living in Ireland, like Poland or Spain, and you don't see that, like, there's not that many high-end, super glamorous restaurants that do Spanish food in Dublin. But mm. there are a lot of Indians. If you said to me, let's go for Indian, I'd say, where? Right. That's exactly the question, is like, why this restaurant culture has flourished here. Um could there have been something before that? Because we could, you know, I talked to some people from the International Women's Club. I talked to some millennials. Some people feel that it's down to Ashish that yeah. this happened. So one creative entrepreneur, entrepreneur came to Dublin and cr actually created a flourishing culture. That's, I mean, that's a really interesting story. I'm really fascinated. Um, I was reading uh, a blog by these guys called Come Here to Me about the history of ethnic restaurants. And they were saying the first restaurant that opened in Ireland was in 1908. The first, the first Indian, rest restaurant. Indian restaurant. Yeah, and it oh, lasted really? a year. And th that really shocked me. That, that Actually, that's a really excellent blog for people looking for the history of ethnic uh, restaurants in Dublin. But was there some inclination in the Irish population that make them predisposed to go to Indian restaurants? One interesting thing that I've noticed is when I do Moroccan food, which I love and I and I teach some Moroccan cooking classes, is that people are very interested in Moroccan. I, I find that Irish people really like spices, whereas, you know, other foods that might not be as spicy, they're not as interested. So could there have been something before Ashish came over? Also, are Irish people more predisposed to liking spices? I was um, somewhat related to that was I was talking to uh, the Irish food writer Aoife Carrigy, who was explaining to me sort of what what Irish people what, she grew up here, what Irish people were looking for, are looking for when they eat out. And when they eat out, a lot of times she and obviously she was talking from her personal experience, but she thought many, a lot of times they're looking for something different. And this sort of really takes root in the 80s. And they, you know, they don't, and um, and that for them is a fine, like that for them is a meal out. That's an occasion. And it, like even, you know, um, so Vietnamese, Indian, that that's occasion food for them. So there's been more of a, there's been an adventurousness in the appetites mm. of uh, Irish people dining out. And I, and I think, I think adventurousness and sort of occasion dining being combined. It's interesting. It is, it is so different from the situation in the UK where you just have generations of South Asians that are living and working and dining and consuming. And, you know, it's just such a thatched in part of the culture. Um, whereas here it has this much more kind of top down 
uh, history of just a couple people opening these restaurants, but of Irish people really embracing it mm-hmm. in a way that I think is kind of surprising. When you look, for example, at France, the way French people just, they it, traditionally, I mean, it might be changing now, but there's just been no no edible Indian food there. There's no appetite for that kind of spice. Um I think it's the same in Spain. It's it's Indian would be a hard sell in Spain. And actually, Jose Andres, you know, the really mm-hmm. famous chef, he says that it's very hard for a Spanish person to understand Indian in the same way that for an Indian, it's very hard to understand, like, the subtleties of Spanish cuisine and how we make hake with parsley and clams and garlic, and we call it a dish. For an Indian person, it's like, wait, hold on, aren't you missing some ingredients? So I think the Irish, in my experience, are more inclined towards maybe, like, um, comparing like spicy foods to something more glamorous and more like you're saying occasion driven and that's why there's an so appetite. Much, so much high end Indian too, right? That it's 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 occasion dining or something like but that. But it's not only high end. I just find even the low end, not the low end, but even the the lunch establishments. I don't know if you've been to Kerala Kitchen. Kerala Kitchen. Kerala Kitchen is fabulous quality for money, and a lot of the IT millennials go there and. It is really, 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 really good. Or look at Three Leaves in Blackrock, which has just started as a guy with a market stall. Um, and I think his thing is that it's healthy. Like, he does, it's not suffused. He's very conscious about having it not be very oily. Um, he does a, a vegetarian tasting option. He's, it's, I mean, it's not a health food shop by any means. Um, it's delicious regional Indian food. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not fancy at all. It's like... Mm-hmm little white linoleum tables. It's delicious. I was also going to say that even though um, the climate is probably, in Ireland, is probably different than um, it is in a lot of India, uh, how Indian food is strangely nice to eat in this chilly, damp weather. Yeah, Um, totally, So, I mean, I'm usually, I love Vietnamese summer rolls, but I don't really want to eat a lot of summer rolls in Ireland. Or gazpacho. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, area. I would order uh, Ruchi five days a week if I yeah. could. It is, it is, and also it, very interestingly, the Irish Times started a food club, a food and drink uh, drink club, and two of their events, and in less than a year, have been Indian. One has been with Dulali, and one has been with pickles. So there is an enormous appetite for for Indian food in, in Ireland. In all areas it seems I wonder if it's almost become a point of pride you know for for people in in Dublin particularly right that they have sprouted this like really great Indian scene I mean it's doesn't Ananda have a Michelin star or I think it might be a plate maybe it's a bib I don't know but in any event like there's something to really be proud of actually that there's such interesting fresh challenging regional Indian food all over this town and and they're not Indian but it's going back to um sort of, you know, people who've opened up restaurants and sort of um, what they've brought. But um, do you know Monty's of Kathmandu? Oh, the Nep- mm-hmm. Nepalese. Yes, yeah, the I Nepalese. love it there. And yeah. so, but I mean, but Alina, you know, um, Lena and Shiva, you know, Gautam, like they, you know, a very affluent Nepalese couple, right? And Shiva's, you know, Shiva's just obsessed with wine. So they actually have one of the better, wi- better wine cellars in all of Ireland. Um, and it's just this, you know, it's not necessarily what you would expect, you know, a Nepalese restaurant with a huge wine cellar. I know, it's funny. It almost feels like a kind of old school Italian restaurant when you go in with the bottles on the wall and stuff. <laughs> uh, we went there once really strangely when we first got here and we were just Googling what was good. 
uh, with a tiny baby. And they were so nice to us, even though there was like glass bottles positioned everywhere. And like, you know, I don't know if Nepalese um, food is was it was and let's say it was new to new to our baby. But anyway, it was they, it was great. They were so nice. Can I also say that if you look around Dublin, and I'm sure it's the same across Ireland, is there's so many Indian stores that also sell other Asian or other Middle East, like Middle Eastern ingredients. So my favorite one is the one in Silorgan, and you can find... Oh, the one that's called Ingredients? In, a lot of them are called <laughs> Ingredients. Oh, is that true? Yeah. They're, they're called Asian Ingredients or Ingredients. So ingredients. it's a little bit hard so to literal. find it. Yeah, It's but not food, it's ingredients. If you're Indian, you don't need to... Uh, my neighbors that are Indian, they're IT professionals, they don't need to bring stuff back. I have to bring salted cod from Spain sometimes and, you know, and they're, they're like, no, we can find everything we need to cook. Like, and it is amazing all the things you can find. But not only that, all these Indian stores, they're becoming experts on Korean, Chinese. So I go and I say, oh, guys, do you have Venezuelan flour to make arepas? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's they, they're, they're catering not only to the Indian population, but also to the other Brazilian Middle Eastern. They're fascinating shops. I, yeah. I really love them. The yeah. Indian aspect is kind of a beachhead, and then they reach out to everyone. That's really smart. Um, I was just going to say, maybe the Indian population here is like the gateway ethnicity. Maybe. Yeah, that's a They're good point. They're the connector. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of, um, within the restaurants, I think, yeah, um, that there's a lot of times there will be an Indian sort of involved. Like, there's just a lot of Indians reaching out like and doing interesting stuff with like different ethnicities in, in the food world. Like Dieppe Shaker, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, would have been. Well, who? Dieppe Shaker was this Vietnamese. It still Thai, is going. Vietnamese, Vietnamese Thai fancy cocktails. Um, and it was super fancy when it first opened. I think Ashish had a hand. years ago, yeah. yeah. And I think Ashish had, you know, had a hand in it or, you know, his colleagues were part of it. Ashish meaning the guy who mm-hmm. opened Jaipur in the 80s. Yeah. Right. Um, in the 90s. 89. Sorry. Oh, was it? Off. Yeah. 89. I, oh, no, 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 no. You're right. Sorry, 1998. No, but he opened Ananda or when When were the dates? Jaipur, late 90s. Yeah, late, late 90s. 90s yeah. And speaking of, yeah, late 90s and speaking of um, this idea of, you know, interesting food, alternative cultures, Ashish said that his favorite clients in the first Jaipur were all coming from across the street at the George. They oh, would right, eat at Jaipur yeah. and go to George. You know what's interesting? I've been going to this place soup recently in Dunleary just because it's close mm-hmm. and I, I had, I've had a lot of sore throats. And um, the I, I've overheard a lot of conversations between cl- people dining there. It's kind of saying, I've never had Korean food. I've, what's kimchi? Um, talk me through this. Uh, or not that not that it's a Korean place, but I mean, he, I heard a server describe it as a Korean and Japanese influenced. But but anyway, it's I've been like really kind of eavesdropping on um, Irish consumers being incredibly open and interested in a food that they haven't had before. You know, um, which I think kind of speaks to maybe the way that the way that uh, Indian food was embraced when it first kind of started to flourish here. You know, but they they asked a lot of questions and they. Um, they want to try stuff. It's it's cool. Um, and also, but yeah, I think it's great. I uh, there's this Korean Mexican. I there's a Korean. There's an older couple that does Korean Mexican burritos. Um, they have a stand, and they had started. And I asked them how they started. They said it was because they started working. Had started working at an Indian restaurant 
this would have been pre-Ashish, so I think like in the 80s. And no, they were actually running an Indian restaurant um, and their head chef was Chinese, which was from, but from northern China, which was where then they le- started learning about like Korean style spicing. I just thought that was just a really interesting way of sort of ethnicity sort of mingling to in Ireland. So the people that do the Korean burritos, which are also in Black Rock Market, or used to be anyway, though those they're just wh- white as Irish people. White as Irish people, but yeah, started an Indian restaurant in. And their their intro to this was in it was Indian food. Well, their intro was an Indian restaurant was it Indian restaurant. Um, but through a Chinese guy who yeah. was working for them at the Indian restaurant. Yeah. I think this concept of the gateway ethnicity of food is very, very interesting. But I do think that if I had to open a restaurant right now, if you told me, I'd go for something like Moroccan. I'd go with mm. a, a cuisine that's very spicy, with a lot of spices, because I think that would do really well. We've seen, you know, there are some Moroccan restaurants in Dublin and, but it's, you know, it's, it's, that's the style of food that complements the weather. It's also because what, I think one of the things that's appealing for me personally about Moroccan and Indian is it's, for me, so difficult. I cook, but it's so difficult to, for me, it's so difficult to do. It's so layered. It's so complicated. It's so about like, yeah, it's hard to this throw together. Do, it's, yeah, you can't. Um, and so I guess, especially when I eat like high end, Indian or some of the like one of the Moroccan restaurants here, you feel like you you do feel like it's a treat. It's a luxury. Yeah, you feel the amount of labor that went into it. If you were to have some visitors coming to Dublin and uh, where where would you tell them? What's the first place you tell them to go for awesome Indian pickle? Um, Pickle. Actually, I but you, Julia, you introduced me to Ruchi and I really Really, really like it. Um, and Ananda, obviously. Um, definitely. Definitely. And Ananda's an experience as well. Pickle is much more, you know, it's the sort of casual and it's, you know, sort of... Pickle has a street food kind of Yeah, vibe, street right? food. It's, you know, but I like the, the, the just the, the area. I think Ananda, just, I, I guess I'm not that keen on like, oh, I'm going to go to a shopping center. So I like Pickle because of the location, because you can see, peek in and look at other restaurants that where people are eating and what they're doing. Yeah. So I prefer going to Pickle as a destination. Pickle for the ambiance. Ananda for, well, and Ananda for, for a different kind of ambiance and definitely for the food. Yeah. Um, and Ruchi for, I think Ruchi is terrific. But, um, and it's interesting, I just had a visitor um, to Dublin and he is American, but he's teaching in Hong Kong. And he was over the moon. He just ate Indian the entire time he was here. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Dublin, be proud of yourself. And actually, maybe that's something that we can find out from from listeners. Is is there excellent Indian that we're not that we don't know about because we're so Dublin centric ourselves? Um, not that I mean, I know that you two have done a lot of traveling around Ireland and food related traveling, but. Um, but in terms of Indian food, I wonder if there's, you know, if there's some really excellent stuff that's happening um, elsewhere in Ireland. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet there's great stuff in Belfast. Mm, oh, interesting. Um, cool. Well, yeah, this has been enlightening. I think the story actually, what my, my big takeaway about Indian food here is really that it all it takes is one person with a, you know, with some with some balls to come in and say, I'm going to get into this market and I'm going to give them something new. And it really worked and it really changed the culture. Um, and that's, that's good. That's an exciting story. So well done, Ashish. Um, and um, yeah, next couple episodes of Spice Bags, we're going to be talking about mushrooms, 
beer, and school food. School food. School food. That's fun. Um, great. Well, we hope you can join us. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.